Hello and welcome to the Financial Fitness Bunny Podcast, your number one stop shop to all things money management. My name is Nicolette Mashile, I am your host, and I'm also known as the Financial Bunny, and I am here to put lipstick on that money pig. Today's book that I want to discuss is Nick Magiuli, and I probably am pronouncing that name wrong. Y'all know I struggle with pronouncing names, but his first book is called Just Keep Buying. Guys, I don't think there's ever a book that I can ever rave about more than this book. I absolutely loved this book. In fact, I read like a sample on um, Amazon Kindle and then I was like, oh my goodness, this is the book for me. And I went and bought the book from Amazon. It was absolutely fantastic to be able to read that book. It, it takes out, it literally takes out complicated in the complex world of investing. Now it answers the question, how much should I invest or how much should I save? I mean, if you are listening right now and you somebody that does money money, uh, coaching or personal finance content, you've probably come across this question a number of times. And if you are a a consumer of personal finance, you may have found yourself asking that question to yourself and saying, how much do I actually need to invest? How much do I actually need to save? And Nick in this book literally helps you maneuver that conversation with self. It deep dives into income being a factor that can help you make that decision in terms of how much do I save? How much do I invest every single month? Now, for example, at the beginning of your career, so you're starting out, it's a new job, you should be focusing on, like, for instance, if, you, if you're starting out, what Nick actually says is you should focus on being able to save more money, right? So if you are only able to invest 12000 a year, which let's say is 1000 rand every single month, um, even if you're making 20% return, it's really not going to give you financial freedom, right? So investing might not necessarily be the goal right now. The goal might be you saving or increasing your income, which then allows you to be able to save and invest more. And as your investment assets grow, then you can start focusing more on what type of investment decisions you're making. So ultimately he's saying, at this phase of your life, try and actually keep it simple. Um, I see a lot of people wanting to build like very complicated investment portfolios where their actual big focus should be on saving so that they make sure that they don't find themselves in a situation where they interrupt their income or cash flow and they should be focusing on really increasing their income every year. Now, if you are somebody that is got a million rand, even at 5% uh, return, that's an earning of 50,000 rand. Now, you need to think more about your investments versus somebody who's got 10,000 rand also receiving 5% earnings of 500 rand. So basically, that's what the book talks about. It talks about how much do you actually really have to invest and should you be spending a whole lot more time trying to get a complicated investment portfolio where you should be keeping it simple and just, for instance, finding one simple mutual fund, one ETF, one TFSA, and that's the one that you just keep buying, but you focus a whole lot more on increasing your income and of course, saving. Now, I love this because the book romanticizes the idea of picking an asset class, as I said. Um, As I said, um, you can pick a mutual fund, a TFSA, an ETF, and you literally just keep buying. So you do some level of rand cost averaging where you pick an amount, 300 rand 
and every single month and you just keep hoying that amount into that asset class. And there you've got some level of investing, but ultimately, ultimately, because you're starting out, your biggest focus is on income, increasing your income, and of course, saving. It is an absolutely easy to read book. And um, just as I was reading that book, rereading it for, for a matter of fact, I thought about doing an, an episode on income investing. Now, I am predisposed, my gene complex or my gene, uh, what is it called? Your gene mold. I need to be able to see my investments working because I see my investments like me. So for me, they all people will say you've got 24 hours. No, I don't believe in having 24 hours. I believe I've got more than 24 hours because I can recreate time by having more than one me. And sometimes that me has to be an asset class that is going to also work and make money for me. So that's how I see it. And that means that I need to be able to see those asset classes actually deriving an income. So that has always been my strategy of investing. It's very difficult for me to invest in something that is going going to appreciate, for instance, and value. I'd rather have it give me an income and appreciate in value. And you'll see that is why my focus on property majority of the time is to either buy them cash or at least take out a very small portion of a home loan on those investment apartments. So for instance, if I'm not buying cash, at very least, I'm going to use a 40-60 uh, approach where 60% is my own cash that I'm putting into the home loan or into the um, um, home. And then the 40% is what I will then finance with the bank. And this is simply to make sure that that asset even though it's going to appreciate over time and it's going to gain value, I also want it to give me an, an, an income while I'm actually holding that asset. Because let's be fair, you don't know what's going to happen in the market. <laughs> I don't want to wake up one day and the property market is at the bottom of the barrel and all of those properties that I'm actually holding mean nothing or are actually valued at less than what I bought them at. So I'd rather they are taking out and giving me some income while I'm actually holding. And that's why I want to have this conversation. I want to speak a little bit about income investing and just have a conversation about what are some of the options that you can find in terms of income investing. Often when we speak about this topic, people will say it's difficult to find income investing assets, but there are things like rent um, 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 and buy to rent, which is property. There are things like dividend shares that you can look at. There are things like interest-bearing accounts. And we're going to go into a little bit of those. Okay, so let's start off by defining what income investing is. And basically, income investing is a strategy that focuses on generating a regular income from your investments rather than just relying on the asset to gain some sort of capital appreciation. So as I mentioned, using the property as an example, you buy a property, you're not just sitting and waiting for the property to appreciate in terms of the asset value, but you also are deriving some sort of income from renting it out, whether you're renting it for, you know, for, for residential purposes, whether it's a commercial property, whether people are using it to shoot their YouTube videos in there, but essentially you're putting your property into work. It's also 
similar to this argument about whether a car is an asset or not. If you have a car that you have bought, um, obviously cars do not appreciate in value, but it can be some level of income asset because some cars can be put into Uber Eats, some cars can be put into Uber, some cars can be put into Bolt, deliveries. Some of the cars can be used, you know, for, 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 for metric dancers. So there's various ways in which you can get even your vehicle to actually become an income investing asset. Um, the only difference would be that, of course, it does not appreciate in value. So it's a bit of a um, an imperfect income investing asset class. Now, as I said, one of the most popular and, and, and probably easy to access is of course dividend shares. What are dividend shares? Dividend shares are companies or stocks that you buy from companies that pay out a portion of their earnings to shareholders in the form of a dividend. So however many shares that you hold, based on the amount that they're going to pay per share, you will get that multiply, of course, the amount of shares that you are holding and that becomes your dividend. Now, a lot of companies will usually pay dividends um, once a year, but you can find those, those amazing goals golden stocks that pay dividends every quarter of the year. So it is about really looking for those dividend paying shares um, or companies and, 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 and focusing your strategy on them. And if you want to even further diversify, there are ETFs, there are unit trusts that are grouped according to those companies that actually pay dividends. So you could also diversify by simply buying that unit trust or buying that ETF if you don't want to labor the the, the, the process of finding individual dividend paying a stock, right? So some well-known dividend paying stocks include the likes of Coca-Cola, PNG, Johnson & Johnson. I know in South Africa, the likes of Sunlum, they all pay um, dividends, right? Now, another option is buying bonds. So what are bonds? Bonds are debt securities that are issued by companies or they're issued by the government. For instance, we'll talk about a government bond. Let's say, for instance, a company like, um, or a state-owned agency like Sanral wants to build a bridge between Pretoria and Gauteng and they don't have the money. They will raise what is called a an infrastructure government bond, right? And then what we do as ordinary South Africans, we would borrow Sanral our money. So they will raise funds using that infrastructure bond and they will raise enough money to be able to build this thing. But ultimately, they will promise you a fixed interest rate on your bond. You will then earn that interest when they pay out. Of course, sometimes it's, it's, it is fixed for a specific amount of years. So it could be fixed for three years. I know during the 2020 uh, um, COVID lockdown, I actually bought some government shares. Now, people will say, but what happens if the interest rates get in, uh, decreased or increased? Should I, I restart my my bond well remember you can actually cash it out and then restart it at the new interest rate however do remember that the time period will also reset so if you are maybe at year three or year four and you want to reinvest that amount and get the new interest rate then you may be able to do that but it means that you're resetting the time so if it was a five-year bond it means that you will only get your money again after five years from the restart date where you are starting five years of madness. So it's it, there are quite a nifty um, income investing options that one can look at. The other one is of course real estate investment trust. Now these are companies that own and operate incoming producing real estate such as office buildings, shopping malls, apartment 
buildings, parking a lot. So I know Liberty is very big. If you go, actually, if you drive around the Santon City area, you'll see the Liberty sign is on that building. And that means they basically own Santon City and they actually own that building. They manage that building. They rent it out. They do all of that work. So similar to what you would do, if you had your own rent to buy or buy to rent property uh, or buy to let rather if you had a buy to let property and you're renting it out to your tenants you would do all of that work of managing the tenant making sure there's leases in place whereas with these guys they do all of that and then they just guarantee you a return when you buy those REITs so that's what they're called they're called REITs and it's it's very interesting and the last one of course that I want to talk about is the buy to let that I've kind of already alluded to it's my favorite favorite um i do have a bias towards property i'm hoping that one day it will somebody will release me from the shackles hey, he's not make sure he's too he's not make sure he's... i'm hoping that someday somebody will release me from the shackles of property investing but ultimately a buy to let is you buy an apartment whether you are financing it from the bank or you're buying it cash you just make sure that you work out your real rental yield so that you actually know how much money you are getting from that investment property and that is taking of course the net cost minus the net um, 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 expenses and you will be able to get how much money you are actually making from that property um, and, and you rent it out you know that's that's ultimately it so as I said it appreciates in terms of its capital uh, a value um, on the actual asset the property but at the same time it does give you a month to month rental and that's why you also need to make sure that the rent that you are going to be charging on that property is more than your liability if you did finance that property I'm going to leave it at this today now it is important to keep in mind that the income generated may fluctuate based on the investment that you have and these investments may also experience price volatility so that's quite important so make sure that you get yourself in a position where you are able to cushion some of the volatility so if you are for instance buying and putting together a, an investment portfolio an income investment portfolio and you are holistically dependent on it for income month to month it is important to make sure that you are you are cushioning yourself against that price volatility but as always it's important to also do as much research as you can and consult a FSC registered financial advisor before you make any investment decisions because this is for educational purposes and I'll see you guys on the next one where we put lipstick on that money pig <laughs>